0: Hi, I'm Kendra Davenport, President and CEO of Easter Seals, and you're listening to On Board with Transparent Leadership, an Easter Seals podcast where I speak with leaders from some of the country's top organizations. Together, we explore how transparent leadership can impact communication, trust building, and foster a culture of openness and accountability. I hope that our conversations can offer you practical insights and tools to positively impact your organization. In this episode, I'm joined by Gordon Hartman, a native San Antonian. Gordon Hartman sold his highly successful home building business in 2005 to pursue his and his wife Maggie's dream of helping children and adults with disabilities. He proceeded to build Morgan's Wonderland, the world's first and still the only ultra accessible, fully inclusive theme park. Gordon, I can't wait to hear more about Morgan's Inclusion Initiative and how you've added to San Antonio's reputation as an inclusion city in the U.S. And I'm so pleased you're here today. I've been really looking forward to talking to you and having this conversation.
1: Well, thank you very much. I've been looking forward to this as well, Kendra, so I really appreciate this.
0: And let me get started by asking you about Morgan. Before we get to all of the things you've built and your life pursuits, I'd really think that our listeners would like to hear about who Morgan is and how she's impacted all of your work.
1: Well, Morgan is an incredible young lady who very soon will be turning 30 years old, which is hard for me to believe. I remember being told when she was born that it's gonna go quick, and that was an understatement. It does go extremely quick that she's already gonna be 30 years old. But uh, Morgan has uh, TDRS, uh, very rare, which basically causes her to have cognitive delay and also some other uh, heart-related issues, uh, a few other things. But for the most part, cognitive is her her main element of diagnosis.
0: Each time we've spoken, you've used a word that resonates with me and which I think is synonymous with what you just described. The word is ultra-accessible. Can you explain to our listeners what you mean by ultra-accessible and why it's so important to you?
1: When we formed our foundation back in 2005 and we started looking at Uh, the requirements of ADA was an incredible thing that a law that George Bush signed in in the early 90s, and it brought additional inclusion closer for those uh, with special needs, individuals with special needs. But it doesn't actually go real far. And so what we try to do is ensure through ultra accessibility that no matter how acute your special need may be, uh, you can do and participate in all activities of wherever you are, whether it be going to a restaurant or Enjoying a theme park or going to a camp or playing sports activities or going to a hotel, whatever. Ultra accessibility means no matter, it's fully inclusive. There's no one left out versus ADA, which if you really zero in on the minimum requirements of ADA, still many of those individuals are left out. We don't want that. This is a world that we feel ought to be fully inclusive. And that's the reason why we use the word ultra accessible as a way of emphasizing the importance of ensuring that everything we do doesn't just look at something and say, well, that gets us there. We've checked off the box and everybody's happy because the government says that's enough. We try to say, what can we do to ensure everyone has an equal opportunity? And we've done that through the way we've developed Mortgage One Land, Mortgage Inspiration Island, Mortgage One Land Sports Facility, the camp. Everything we do takes into that element of that thought process to ensure ultra-inclusiveness.
0: I think so much of what you've done is really considered to be groundbreaking from Morgan's Wonderland to the multi-assistance center you've built to MAC at Morgan's Wonderland. Can you tell us what's in store? What's on the horizon? What haven't you done or what would you like to do to make life more inclusive and accessible for people with disabilities?
1: Well, we are doing a lot more because I often tell people we're just getting started. And the reason is that when you think about individuals with special needs, we're talking about a billion people. There's 7 billion people on earth, The 1 billion have some form of special need. It's a large number and it really needs to be focused. And what we're trying to do is by bringing about so many different opportunities and showing how things can be done in a more creative way, in an ultra-accessible way, that we start to open doors for more by bringing individuals with special needs to the table. Many times uh, you look at many movements and those movements have come to the table and brought attention to what they're doing. But unfortunately, individuals with special needs and that community has sometimes been left behind the door and not at the table. So, why are we doing what we're doing? Uh, well, we built Morgan's Wonderland to bring about a theme park that would bring would be ultra, ultimately, uh, inclusionary. And then we turned it into a, uh, we added to it a water park with the same approach. And then a camp and sports and uh, the multi-assistance center, which deals with medical, therapeutic, and social determinants of health. Uh, when it comes to really navigating through to ensure that no one falls through the cracks when it comes to the issues that are so important in those areas. But that's just the beginning. I mean, the things that we are working on now is we're working on designing a fitness center uh, that ensures that everyone who has a special need and those who don't can come together and exercise together. A gymnasium that ensures that everyone participates together. We are building an ambulatory surgical center, which will be opening in the middle of next year, which has special design to it that allows for people the opportunity to have a place now where when someone has a special need, that they were able to come and have a surgery done in a fashion that they're comfortable in. that gives them a sense that they're not just being pushed through. That's not about throughput. It's about really having an experience that is comfortable for not only the person, but also for the family. We're also opening up a, a, a salon. And you say, well, why is a salon important? What's the importance of that? Well, we kind of get across the point that Uh, getting a haircut or getting your nails done maybe seems simple, but it's not for everybody. And so we'll be opening a salon in the next couple of months to allow for those with special needs and those without special needs to come together to get their hair done, to get their nails done and really bring about a full element of inclusion. But going past that, we're also working on building a a center to really bring about more action, uh, not just where we are, but basically the country and worldwide by developing Morgan's Inclusion Campus, which will include a facility to deal with acute special needs, something that we don't believe there's enough focus on. And something that many times we think about people with acute special needs, that's just kind of never gets the funding because the numbers just don't ever seem to allow for people to justify. But it's something that really needs focus and so we want to put focus to it. That will be part of Inclusion Campus which will include the Institute and the Institute will be a think tank, but also an action group that will allow for us to go out to individuals and companies and organizations, not just here, but worldwide, be able to explain to them why we do what we do and how we can help them do what they want to do. I mean, we are now getting so much input from people literally all over the world about what we do. So we thought, well, what we need to do is try to see how we can develop programs to assist them in advancing what they want to do. And then we're also are looking very closely at building an ultra-accessible hotel. Uh, it's something that we've been working on for some time. Uh, it's something that we think we now uh, have the opportunity to put together. And then there's other things down the road in respect to housing, et cetera. But that kind of gives you a, a, a quick uh, glimpse of a few things we're working on at the moment. But by bringing all those things together, what this will do, we hope, will spark cultural change and ensuring that there's more inclusion in the world.
0: I think it's so exciting, and so much of what you discussed and what you've touched on what you're trying to build is so needed and I think you you definitely hit on one of the obstacles that I think many groups striving to advocate and create more accessible inclusive life for people with disabilities encounter and that's the numbers. the numbers don't often lead to the federal funding and even the private sector funding. So that leads me to another quick question you know you clearly thrive on doing and building and helping, others by eliminating barriers and pushing boundaries. And I love your determination and grit. It comes through every time I talk to you. But none of this is easy, Gordon, and I and I think I know that and and many of our listeners do as well. Can you tell us about a particularly vexing challenge that you've overcome just in your professional life, either in establishing Morgan's Wonderland and all of the things you've talked about building or or otherwise? I think our our listeners would love to hear about a challenge that you really had to strive to overcome?
1: Well, this is going to sound maybe kind of strange as an answer, but the thing that I think i, I really overcome is I, I just don't believe in the word no. <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> we, look, we, we start a lot of things and people go, well, I don't know if that's possible. I don't know this. And you can always have the no's. And what I really have been able to acquire is some real thick skin to say, you may think that, but we can't and we will. And it's amazing to me once you get past that point how many people, once you actually go out, who want to be a part of what you're doing? They want to be a part of making sure that there is a, a more inclusive world out there. But I think at first, maybe I was a little timid in saying, well, we want to do this. Or, and now we're full force. Uh, every idea that we have that may have just be so far off. I mean, when we started the idea years ago about building a wheelchair that can go underwater, people said, that's crazy. You can't have a wheelchair that work underwater. Yes, we can't. We did it through compressed air. And it took us some effort, took us some time, but you know, there's no expression I like to use. And that is, if it's easy, everybody would do it. And so we take on the hard things and we take on the things that allow us to not just, as I mentioned earlier, to be just ADA compliant, but to be ultra accessible. You know, when we built our uh, challenge course out at Morgan's camp, we wanted to ensure that if you were in a wheelchair and you could be, do the, ch- the, the challenge wall and all the obstacles there in a wheelchair. And we've been able to achieve that because we brought people in who said, Yeah, let's make a difference. And so I know it's maybe not a real normal answer to your question, but I just don't believe in the word no. It just doesn't exist. We're not going to take the word can't and we're going to figure out a way to do it. And there's too many people who talk about things, but people who don't do things. And we just are big believers that when we say we're going to do it, we're going to do it. We're going to focus on it. And until it's at a position that we feel ultimately achieves what our mission is and we're going to keep striving and pushing hard and the beauty of that is that culture has now been developed here to where it's become much easier because it's so much into what we do there's such a positive feeling about the fact that we can do what we say we're going to do and we're going to do it my hope is that it'll allow this world to recognize that we've got to be more inclusive and, and there's ways in which that can be done it doesn't cost a lot of money it just causes you to open your eyes and say we can
0: hmm your enthusiasm is infectious, Gordon, and I'm sure that's how you help bring people along, along with not taking no for an answer, which is terrific. I know Morgan has been a tremendous influence, but is there someone else who served as a mentor to you throughout your career or someone you go to when you're at a loss or you need some advice? Or as my dad used to say, you just want to do that reasonable man test. Someone you know who will tell you, you're all wet on this, this isn't working, or or you got to, turn this around. Is there someone in your life who's done that or played that role for you?
1: Yeah. And I'm going to answer it two ways. First, I'm going to tell you what I think are my three influences that allow me to have been mentoring to me. And that is, number one, first of all, my parents, they were hardworking German Czech folks who many times when I was going to sleep at night, they were still working and I got a good work ethic out of them. And they mentored me not just to work hard, but also to be fair. That was the beginning. And then I had the opportunity at a young age to be in the seminary for four years, and that really taught me time management, taught me disciplines that honestly I probably would not have understood. It's allowed me to get go right out of the seminary actually and to get into business at the age of 19, because I, I don't have any college experience at all, as I often tell people I joke with them that I actually failed the early uh, stages of <laughs> trying to get into college and couldn't do that. And that wasn't for me. But I think my parents, the seminary life, and then also Morgan has definitely been a mentor to me because she has taught me so much about the fragileness of life. that I think otherwise I may have missed out on. Because of that, I may have been wanting to make just more money. Money's not important to me anymore. There, there's so much more and just fulfillment that I'm all about now. I go home every day after long hours, much more energy than when I was running numerous companies. It's just incredible. I mean, I have an an, an energy level higher now than I did 20 years ago. And so, you know, my life's kind of been split in three so far. I spent the first 20 years being a kid, the second 20 years being in business, and now the last 20 years being in philanthropic type activities. And I'll tell you the third is, and then the fourth and the fifth and the sixth of those are going to be fun and more fun because of the uh, opportunity. But being direct, to your question. I do have a couple of people who I work with, who I've worked with for a long time. For example, my attorney who's been with me 36 years, ever since we know each other so well, uh, when I'm working on things and stuff, he will find the needle in the haystack to try to say, Gordon, this will not work. You have no idea what you're doing. I love that debate. I call it debate. I call it discussion. It's not an argument. (laughs) It's a good debate. He's the guy who can say, everyone's telling you this is good but this doesn't work for this reason so i love the dialogue that we have and so he technically is my attorney but really we're friends and we're also people who work very well together i will go to him on stuff that he may have no sense of it i'll explain it to him get him to fully understand what we're doing and then he will find all of have you thought about this have you thought about that and i need that and i because a lot of times in certain positions as you move about you have a tendency to uh, sometimes and i don't like this but it does happen it's a natural thing People tend to kind of tell you a little bit more what you want to hear than sometimes the reality of things. And I want people around me to tell me what sometimes I don't, or a lot of times what I don't want to hear. That's the only way I can improve and how we can improve things overall. I often tell people when they come to me and they say, well, you know, I don't want to tell you about such and such because I don't want to throw so-and-so under the bus. I often say, if you don't throw them under the bus to talk to me about it, then you're throwing me under the bus because you're not helping this organization. And so I try to re- think about things outside the norm and that respect about how I can learn from people every time they talk to me and tell me so that we can expand who we are, what we do on a daily basis, because we have so much to do. We could talk for hours about the needs that exist for our friends with special needs. And and I often tell people, you know, we're just getting started because the need is so great out there.
0: I love that. And I I think you are clearly in the portion of your life that for you appears to be most fulfilling. Most people aren't fortunate enough. I think many people, not most, but many people aren't fortunate enough to get there. They spend their whole life work, 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 and and really look back and say, well, was it really fulfilling or was it just a means to an end? So I, I love that response. Thank you. I'm often told I have enough energy for two people and I have trouble shutting down. And I think I'm drawn and awed by people that I see that in. You are clearly one of those people. And in just what you've talked about in the last 20 minutes or so, anyone listening can see that you don't really have an off switch but everybody needs to recharge. Can you talk about how you recharge? What do you derive that peace of mind when you finally let down, when you finally go home at the end of the day, or or what do you do to take time for yourself to replenish so that you keep going like the Energizer bunny?
1: Well, I mean, I am pretty good about compartmentalizing and knowing that when I'm not at work, I'm not working. And so I'm blessed with that. I'm able to actually I mean, a lot of people often saying, Gordon, do you sleep well? at night?" I say, I sleep great. I've slept very well. So I'm able to shut it off. I'm able to move on and, and know that I need good rest and, and things. But how do I do that? Well, I think it's just a matter of, I know when I'm here and I'm working and going through a daily routine that we have or the things that we have, I always tell people what's on my schedule is not what I'm going to be doing every day. There's always an adventure that we're going to be hitting every day that we're going to have to deal with. And I think that in respect to how I pull back, if you will kind of just spending that time on the drive home, uh, kind of pulling back, saying, okay, you're going from an aggressive, constant movement of activity, either going into meetings, talking, enjoying the heck out of everything I'm doing. I'm not complaining about it. I love every moment of it. But then kind of just saying, okay, you're going to that next, that next drill or that next opportunity of time. And that is, you're gonna to need to recharge. And so a lot of that is spending either time with Maggie, my wife or my daughter, Morgan, and I have a wonderful dog now. He's my buddy. And so I will sit out on the back porch with him and anyone else who wants to join me and we just sit and just get away. Now, do I have any hobbies? Yes, I have a few. And and one of the things I really like to do is I like to go boating. I love the lake. I love water. And so that's if I if I'm really gonna do something that's really gonna pull me away for a longer period of time than just in between days of work, or I don't really don't call what I do work, days of what I do, is that uh boating is the thing that I will go to. I love the jet ski anything that's water related is something that i really enjoy but i think it's mainly just kind of knowing that you got of have that balance and kendra you bring up a good point if you don't have balance it will get to you but i will tell you this also having a daily activities that are incredibly fulfilling i mean i know every day when we walk in i know this this isn't something i have to think about or i have to justify i know we're in a positive way or affecting hundreds if not thousands of individuals Our friends with special needs every day. I know that. And so to leave every day and have that kind of feeling, how can you not leave with a high level of energy and not come back with a high level of energy? But I do understand the importance of balance and try my best to, in a unique way, try to to get that every day.
0: I think you and I are kindred spirits and I absolutely love the water. I think it's so cathartic. It really brings me down. Love any time I can be on the water or near it. So that totally, totally resonates with me. I have so enjoyed speaking with you Gordon, as I always do, and I know we'll carry on our conversations, and I know we'll find ways of working together in the future because we do we do see eye to eye, and I think we want the same things. We like to end our episodes with an Ask Us Anything segment with our co-hosts from the Easter Seals podcast series, Everything You Know About Disability is Wrong. So stick with us. But before we do that, I want to ask our guest one final question. So, Gordon, People who know me know I love to read. I am a voracious reader, and in fact, when I can't shut down, I turn to a book. I want to know, what's the one book you recommend that every leader read?
1: You know, I've been asked that a lot, and, and, and this is a terrible thing that I want to say. I read a lot, but I'm not a book reader. And the reason I'm not is because it, if you know my personality, I, I read periodicals. I am very analytical. And for me to sit and just read a book, honestly... It's not something I, I can recommend. I mean, I, I hate to say it, I can't answer that question because I'm not a book <laughs> reader. I've read books here and never none of them that would be of anything that I can say, hey, that would be one I'd recommend. But I've been asked that question, but it's just not me. I'm, I'm one who loves to just continue to come up with new ideas. Well, my brain is working at a high speed, and to sit and just ponder that book is not something I enjoy. And people say, well, you got to enjoy that. Well, you don't have to enjoy it. You just if you, you enjoy what you enjoy. And I don't enjoy that. So I don't have anything I can suggest to anybody. And I, I hate that I have that answer for you because that doesn't help, but it is the truth of who I am. This morning, I read uh, 30 minutes on a, a, a certain thing that I really wanted to get an understanding on and Googled and read some great stuff on it. But when it comes to, if, if you were to give me a book on that, I'd probably say I'll pass. I got my information in at 30 minutes. So that's just how I'm built, Andrew.
0: Well, that's honest. It is. Honest answer. Thank you so much for letting us have a little insight into who you are, and letting us get to know Gordon Hartman. We really appreciate it.
1: Thank you. I really appreciate it. I look forward to working with you and everybody at Easter Seals. Your organization is incredible. There's so many things that we can work on together. Uh, as I always tell you, Kendra, every time we talk, as we say at Mortgage One or anywhere that deals with mortgage, we never say goodbye. We always say, we'll see you later. And that's the way I think of it uh, in this discussion here. Uh, it's never going to be a goodbye. It's always see you later because there's a lot of work we got and uh, things we need to do to continue to assist our friends with special needs.
0: Couldn't agree more. See you later, Gordon. Aaron and Lily, I am so glad you can join me today as leaders in your work and as co-hosts of the "Everything You Know About Disability Is Wrong" podcast. What do we have for today? Thanks for having us, Kendra. Thank you so much for having us on. We're so excited to be here to be a part of the Ask Us Anything segment. And our first question is, what advice would you give to aspiring leaders who are looking to make a positive impact in their respective fields? I'm a big believer in exercising your passion. So whatever you're passionate about, I think that's what you need to go into. And I know people often say, well, you got to make money at it. You have to make a living. I really believe if you're doing what you love, the money will come. So sometimes that means taking a job that maybe doesn't pay what you think it's going to pay and really filling up your cup, meaning, Fulfilling yourself, because when people are passionate about their work, when they really, truly enjoy what they're doing, they create their own momentum. They create opportunities. Opportunities find you. In fact, I just wrote about it for an article I'm doing about the momentum that is created by enthusiasm. When you're enthusiastic about your job, momentum gradually comes. It comes by itself. Opportunities are created. People can feel it. People want to work with you and you gradually advance. I've watched this happen in so many ways, in so many fields, with so many people. So I think I think that's what you have to do. You have to decide what motivates you and then go after it.
1: Enthusiasm makes momentum. That is a great little bit right there.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna remember that. Thank you so much. What a great Ask Us Anything. I think it's true. You may not know that Easter Seals has been trusted by families nationwide for over a hundred years. At Easter Seals, we share a commitment to the people we serve, and each of our locations offers a variety of important services to meet their community's needs. Services like early intervention to help young children achieve their developmental goals, adult day and in-home services, community mobility options, behavioral health and wellness programs, caregiver and veteran services, and much more. So that all people of all ages and at all stages of life can have all the access they need so all people with disabilities can feel empowered and included and so all families continue to receive support they can trust. Learn more by visiting Easterseals.com. That concludes our episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard, be sure to write a review, like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and join us next episode as we discuss how we can all get on board with Transparent Leadership.